Hello, everyone. Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's Q&A. Um, we've got some really good questions today, so we'll just get started. Um, the first question is a question uh, from the last um, uh, healing lesson on terminal illnesses. It's from Mario, and he says, Having said we live many lives, do we simultaneously leave live each elemental body in the psychonoetical worlds after death, interacting with loved ones. And what happens to the elemental bodies from previous bad lives? Do we abandon, improve, or change them? Or do we carry all negative karma out of them and into the next life, leaving only good elementals onto each life's elemental body? Well, this is from Mario. Mario, are you here? Mm -hmm. um, I'm not really sure what you mean by each elemental body. So if you could uh, pop in the chat and say what you mean, mm -hmm. otherwise I'll guess. Of course, when we pass over, the material body dies. So we are living in the psychonoetical body. If that's what you mean by elemental bodies, then that's, yeah, that's what's happening. We're living in our psychonoetical body. We can say it's psychical body and noetical body, but they're always together on the psychical plane. And um, yeah, interacting with loved ones. So he's asking what happened to the elemental bodies from previous bad lives? Well, you gotta understand that the lives, our bodies in this lifetime, one incarnation is the, the material life, the psychical life, the noetical life, and then the bodies stop there, they, and they become nothing more than a living elemental in the cosmic consciousness, the Akashic records. So we, as a self-awareness, transfer from the noetical back to the noetic before we're reassigned a new incarnation. So the elemental bodies, or would you say the your personalities from the last incarnation is a recording in the cosmic consciousness. It can't be upgraded. It can't be changed. It's a recording. Just like if you videotape some event, you can't go back and change what the performers do in that event. Same way with the, the, the thing. And then, of course, we get new psycho. We get dressed. We, as a self-awareness, get dressed in new psychonoetical bodies pause a bit right before incarnating on earth in the psychical plane and then come into the material body on the material plane. Now what happens to the karma? Well the karmas are getting trans the karmas we're creating, good and bad, are getting transferred or let's say assimilated by the permanent atom. So it's distilling all these experiences as lessons learned and lessons we didn't learn. So when the new incarnation comes out, when the new personality is projected out, those karmas come with that new personality and they have to work on them again. So it's a, like a continuation of the story in the book. It just keeps going on and on and on and on. So you will see, if you could read the Kashyyyk records, you'll see that personality making mistakes, and there's nothing you can do about it. Can you go back and live in that body? Yes, in a way, you can go back and live in that elemental of you in that lifetime, but why would you want to? It's like would like going putting on an old wear, old pair of worn out shoes or something. It, you would find it very constrictive. Everything we're doing is going forward. So we don't really want to go back and spend time in the lesser level. Everything that's so it's most important right now is happening right now. So we put our eyes on what's what's happening in the moment. In each incarnation, we have uh, we were given we will be given the new three bodies. So uh, based on the record on our permanent atom, each body, each three bodies are renewed uh, in each incarnation, refreshed. So it won't be, you know, kind of same body or it, it, 
always it's always renewed in each incarnation based on the record which is engraved in our permanent atom so around our material permanent atom uh, the material body will be created and around the uh, psychical permanent atom our psych new psychical atom a uh, new psychical body is created and around uh, <coughs> noetical permanent atom a new noetical body will be created it's but the, the permanent atom is same from at the beginning of our incarnation until the end of our incarnations. Until we reach self-realization, we will have same permanent atom. Each time, it will be renewed. Okay. Okay. Karina is asking a question about the last lesson as well. Um, Thank you, Daniel. Such a wonderful lesson. Beautiful. Sometimes when I meditate deep enough or ask for help, I can mind see my brothers and sisters as luminous bodies in a house that isn't mine, but looks so familiar. It's always the same house. This is where I saw my daughter being born, even though even before she was born. These bodies don't have faces, just luminous shapes. I wonder what that is. They all feel like they're present now in that house while I'm doing many things on earth. The question is, if that's the psychical world, what do these bodies and me while I'm here on the psychical plane? Every time I'm aware of them, we're just together. Sometimes we're all gathered and observed. Absolutely gorgeous purple goldfish sky from the top of something. It's so beautiful. But what do bodies do there while we're caught up here on Earth? Stuff. Well, it, 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 the question seems like it has a, a, a misunderstanding about how this works. It, don't think of yourself, oh, you're here on Earth in these psychonoetical bodies or someplace else. What are they doing while I'm here? Your psychonoetical body is the, is the body of your feelings and thoughts your motivations and intentions. So that's going on simultaneously right here. You couldn't have, um, they have to be, the material body has to have the psychonoetical body in and around it or it wouldn't exist. So they don't separate like that. Now, when you go there, like say at night, at sleep or in a deep meditation or after the change called death, you're doing just what you're describing. You're with people that you love, people that you're in harmony with. And you say you, they're not so much talking, right? Well, you don't really have, you don't use your mouth. You might imagine you're using your mouth, but that's not how communication happens in the higher worlds. It happens through attunement and through uh, projection of universal idea forms. You can call them thought forms. You, but you don't necessarily, you don't need to hear it. You're hearing it, but you're hearing it with your super senses, not your material senses. So um, whatever you're doing here is happening simultaneously there. Mm -hmm. yes. Did you answer that question? I did. Okay. Oh. But most likely what we... Uh, visual, no, what we see, what we experience is uh, uh, the people which we see or meet in the other dimension is uh, uh, the elemental which we create. Can you just mention about this part? Yeah, that's pretty much your second yeah. question. She's, yeah, that's why I'm, I'm waiting okay. until you finish. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she's also asking the shells that we create in these psychonoidical worlds. Mm -hmm. Do these cell, shells include other people, souls? Do we literally people our own worlds and shells? Or these are different interact, intersecting shells? Well, we, we populate our shell mm -hmm. with people we've known. But people we know and we want to be around. On the psychic world, if you don't want to be around somebody, they won't show up in your shell because it's all governed by the law of you know, attraction and repulsion. 
So yeah, we're populating them with the people we know. But here's the interesting thing. Let's say you die now and you know somebody and they're uh, a millionaire and you go to the other side and you take, and it's, it's hard to describe, but you're the one, you're the one giving these people, um, they show up and behave as you knew them to. So a year after you pass over, that fellow loses all his money and ends up uh, he just destroyed in life. You won't ever know that in the psychical plane, unless there are ways to know that. But the common person will never know that. They just have the residual memory of what they knew this person to be on Earth. So, um, and it's connected to the real person. So it's, it's, yes, it's an elemental we're populating our shell with, but it's connected to the real person. And, but will they, if you have thoughts about them, will they know it? Only if they vibrate super in harmony with you. You know, if you have uh, some thought about them that they're not connected to you, or if, like if you get angry at them, but they're not angry at you, they're not going to feel your anger. So that's one thing. Mm -hmm. I, okay. It's called me. It's called Okay. John's asking in the last Q&A, there you go, yeah, um, I mentioned Daskalos took the sixth initiation sometime in the 30s. Can you share more on this? Is this something you personally heard Daskalos say, or was this the speculation of students? Um, no, it's not the speculation. I didn't hear him say it. I read where he wrote it. But, um, yeah, it's definitely, I don't know... Um, much to mention about it. It's just masters have these layers of seven initiations and um, Daskos had reached that one at that time and it's uh, it's actually uh, what would you say uh, it's an interesting story but it's not so important to us in terms of our development. And the second question he asks is you mentioned that Daskos had an interaction with Master Hilarion. Did Daskalos mention anything more on this meeting or his relationship? Yeah, it was, uh, the story was, um, Daskalos is walking in downtown Nicosia, I believe, and he sees Master Hilarion from a distance. And he, and he tries to get to him. He's kind of excited about it, right? And he tries to get to him. And um, he disappears. You can't find him in the crowd or something. And he's, ah. Uh, so he goes back home. When he gets back home, he's sitting there chatting with Daskalos' wife. And uh, he doesn't really reveal much about that event, except that that's what happened. And um, Master Hilarion was, is really, he said, St. Paul from the biblical times. And it's his job. He has a, you know, all these masters have certain areas that they work in. Uh, Daskalos is often in this Mediterranean area. I mean, it's more than often. He takes care of this area. That's his job. Um, and he doesn't, he never mentioned others. He said there was one coming in America, an Indian. Um, and he's also asking here, did Daskalos ever address the theosophical teaching that Jesus and Christ were two different beings? The master Jesus being an advanced soul who prepared the body up to a certain age when Christ took over, overshadowed, to complete the mission. I guess that's sort of what they tried to do to replicate with Krishnamurti. Uh, that is what they tried to do with Krishnamurti, but Daskos never said that's what the case is with Christ. That Christ was a pure, immaculate ray. He's the God-man. He's not the man who reached a certain level, and then the Christ spirit could come into him. He's the God-man in perfect projection. He was the perfect man and perfect God. So that story about being overshadowed or, uh, you know, the Christ thing coming on to the personality of Jesus, uh, Daskos never taught that, but there are other people who say that. Mm -hmm. In the book of Joshua, Emmanuel Christ, when Joshua was a baby, uh, he already you know, uh, represented and manifested his uh, divinity. Uh, so he's an immaculate uh, manifestation of love. 
it's a clear difference with other masters. Okay. There are some rumors circulating. This is Jessica. There are rumors circulating around that the COVID jab may have advanced technology that could possibly capture our souls. Could our souls be held captive on this earth? No. Um, <laughs> the, first of all, the soul is in the noetic state. Well, where's the noetic state? Everywhere. So it's not like a soul is captured on this corner of the earth. Something you might consider like that can happen, but it's not capturing the soul. There was an incarnation of Daskalosis where he was killed and put, put in a uh, buried in a certain way with magical spells on him, and it trapped him as a person in that rotting body on earth for some couple hundred years, I recall. Um, but his soul was never, never bound, never free. But he as a personality had a spell put him on so he couldn't get out of the dead body and he had to stay with this rotting body. It was a horrible thing, but it made him so strong, so strong, so strong. Mm -hmm. uh, as Daniel said, the soul is perfect. Soul is God. So each in each one of us, we have a, we are spirit soul. The soul is everywhere. Soul is life. Soul is perfect. Soul is immaculate. So soul is not influenced by anything. Uh, we are all such a precious beings. Jacqueline's asking. Can you please explain more about the noetic breath? I'm interested in how the current virus and also the jabs affect our blood. Can you tell me how, if I can use Archangel Michael to clear, clean our blood? Yeah, that's that's right. Well, the noetic breath is, you know, we have the three breaths types, basically. The etheric breath, which is when we breathe in, into our material body with lung, with, through our lungs, retain the etheric vitality in it, and let the outgoing air, the stale air, go out. Then we have the psychical breath, which we breathe in psychical etheric vitality, but you don't breathe it back out. So you don't use your lungs for that. And the noetical breath is even higher. And it's it comes, you can do this anytime. The, the psychical breath, you only do once, but the noetical breath, you can do as much as you want to. And so... It comes in, but it doesn't go out. It comes in, but it doesn't go out. So you try to imagine each cell of your body, each, no, 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 each molecule, each atom of your body is like a little battery. And with your will, you draw in through each pore. It's like a little chakra into the body and it goes to each individual atom and charges it up. So each individual atom comes like a little battery. I mean, as we breathe this energy, this noetic vitality in, it charges the battery. And um, Excuse me? Go ahead. So, yeah, this whole thing about the blood being affected by the jab and um, even this previous question about the advanced technology capturing the souls. There's advanced technology in there, but it has no ability to capture the soul. But it's pretty clear now, anybody that's paying attention, that there is a lot of problems from the jab affecting the, through the blood, affecting the heart, for example, the most obvious one. Um, so what do we, what can we do? What can we do? What if you've taken that and it's come into your system, what you can do? We stop taking it for one thing, but, um, you can do two things. One thing is yes, definitely call on Archangel Michael, call on the logos, call on God, the Holy Spirit, call on the high divine to come and protect you from that, to cleanse your blood. Definitely, Michael, cleanse your blood, you know, and you may even hear his advice to you personally. But also along with that, as we've been telling you through all these things, that's what was over and over, how important our subconsciousness is in our health and well-being. 
So one of the first things you should do is order your own subconsciousness not to be affected by anything harmful in the jab or anything, if you want. But in this case, definitely. I want my body to be perfectly healthy. No negative effects from the jab. And if you do that, now you have to believe it. You can't just think, just wrotely say it. You have to say it with belief. But if you do, and if you say it enough times, your subconsciousness will pick that up and try to manifest it. And, you know, Daskalos told the story of seeing some guy hypnotized and some guy pretends to touch his arm with a uh, cigarette, tells him he's going to touch his arm with a cigarette, but he uses a, a pencil. And the guy shrieks and a blister forms on his arm. And that's the subconsciousness. The subconsciousness created the blister. Well, it can do the other thing, too. This is why Daskalos is always saying subconsciousness is our best friend or worst enemy. It can send you to an early grave or cure an incurable cancer. What I understand about the noetical breath is when we breathe in, we have, we receive, we inhale three types of energies. The, the first, it's ethereal vitality. Once we, we inhale, it takes, we take in and uh, it's distributed to uh, all our bodies. It come, enters into lungs and go to the, the, the heart and they distribute to our whole body. And they, at the end, they, it accumulates in our solar plexus. Okay? This is what we are doing in our exercises, aesthetic breathing. And the second one, second energy which we take in, in one time breath is uh, go to the heart, our heart. It's just inhaling, not exhaling. It goes to heart, it creates the pulse of life. It creates a pulse of life. But the third one, third energy, which we take in one time breath is, uh, how can I say? Uh, it, it's just inhaling, it directly just inhaling, but the, this creates the, uh, the energy which connects all bodies and our eyes as one. So in one time breath, we take in these three kinds of different type of energies. And then the third one, this type of breathing connects all bodies as one. As the, the code, we connect all the body as the code, the silver code, and the golden code. It's a, it's a, uh, the net of the, the golden energy. But without this, uh, we can't uh, exist in this dimension. So I understand that noetical breath is this kind of third type of the breathing, uh, third, uh, third energy breathing in in our bodies and uh, about the Archangel Michael yes uh, to cleanse our bodies and especially about the uh, uh, cleansing the, our blood yes work to work on to work with Archangel Michael is very efficient but please remember together with Archangel Michael Always, always, Archangel Michael, Archangel Raphael, Archangel Gabriel, Archangel Uriel, Uriel, they work together as a team. So not only working with Archangel Michael, just uh, work on all the other Archangels harmoniously. This is important to remember, work on, respect all functions and the works of the archangels in our bodies. Jacqueline asks, my family and I know others who have so much to cope with today. Work, young children, pressures from the current environment. I teach and show them how to use and do the various exercises, but I know sometimes it's too hard to try and to do them as well. 
So sometimes I send the energy from the three colored ball exercise. Is this helpful or must they do it themselves? They are always so grateful for any advice and healing. I send them and I do tell them to practice the exercise. Yeah, this is very good to send it to them, but, but it's also good for them to practice too. And in that way, the two things, it really sets them up to expect benefit from this. And if you help them, you're helping them by sending the balls, the three colored balls to them. Um, we have different other exercises. I don't think, have you done one yet on this about sending the ball to people? Coming. Coming. Yes. Okay. So she's going to have a good one <laughs> coming. We are working on our body, self-healing first. Mm. And after practicing very well to heal ourselves, then we are moving on to send the ball and work on other people. So, yeah. So definitely do that. Um, and it is, I, everybody's, everybody's busy for sure. But, I mean, the three balls exercise is 15 minutes. It's not that hard. That long we waste so much time during the day we can certainly capture 15 minutes but for anybody else if you want to help somebody you know certainly give them this hot this meditation because it's so simple the three balls and then help them and this this also is another advanced thing in the research is the truth you start to use uh what you've learned about creating the balls and what she's talking about the healing hands and all that stuff and then later on, we learn how to create these for other people. In the beginning, we're doing a lot of work for ourselves, centering the balls in our own body. But later, we learn how to send them to other people. And you send billions, actually, from the noetic coal. And she also asked... Can I ask the first one? Well, it's still the same kind of thing. Okay. Okay. And I hear also others associated with Michael with the red way, ray. I always work with him in the red light. So Aki mentioned that sort of answer. Yeah, the red light is Michael's ray. And uh, it's very good for those who have weak blood or there's blood issues, uh, weakness of blood. But there are times you would never want to send a red ray to somebody. So we have to learn where to apply it and how to apply it. But certainly weak blood things is definitely a good one for the red ray. Okay. Okay. Uh, but Jacqueline's, Jacqueline's first question, the exercise. Uh, not only uh, three sun, we call it the three suns meditation. It's very efficient. Efficient. So please uh, uh, share uh, the exercise, beautiful exercise with uh, many people. But uh, together with that, I strongly suggest uh, if. We, you, we have a chance to share our beautiful teaching, our aesthetic breathing. Now, the breathing, everyone breathes. <laughs> so even if we don't have uh, much time, we know we are breathing. So why don't we share the aesthetic breathing? And once we fill our bodies with aesthetic vitality, we can... Uh, improve so many things, not only physical issues, no, uh, but also all issues and all levels of the bodies we can improve. So why don't we share the aesthetic breathing exercise? This is one point. And some people at the beginning, it's difficult to visualize something. Many people can't visualize, you know, <coughs> sky blue sphere or whitish pink. It, it takes time. So, uh, together with aesthetic breathing, I suggest you to share uh, a kind of exercise which we can feel, we can, which we can detach ourselves our personality from our inner self. This process is so important. We practice this through the exercise of introspection. We need to detach our inner self, our real self, higher self, highness, whatever, from our three bodies. Whatever exercise which prolong, improve this 
uh, aspect in each one of us that helps a lot. So introspection exercise, even an easy, uh, simple one, it's good to share, I feel. Okay, this question is uh, from... Next one. Oh. About the... Oh, you look at <laughs> Yes. <laughs> about the Archangel Michael. Jacqueline's another question. We have a beautiful exercise, a four-sided pyramid exercise. You know, uh, many people already know it. We just uh, create a four-sided pyramid like this. We are sitting in right now. <laughs> we can show you. But we go right, we go right turn and uh, attune with Archangel Michael. And we go left turn and then we will attune with Archangel Raphael. And we turn around and then we attune with the Archangel Gabriel. And in front is uh, the Logos. And in the middle, we attune with Archangel Uriel. We do the exercise a lot. Uh, in the four-sided pyramid, which means uh, this exercise means we balance uh, our, our, our personality, presenting personality, perfectly uh, by attuning with the four archangels. So what I want to say here is it's so important to attune with Archangel Michael, but together with Archangel Michael, please try to attune with the other Archangels too, because which means balancing totality or integrating your present day personality. And once we can harmonize it, all archangels in a perfect way in the middle. That uh, means you are really developing your spiritual pathway, <laughs> uh, finalizing and com completing your present day personality. So I know uh, many people as our favorite uh, archangel. But uh, please uh, balance. Balance is the most important thing, essence. Okay, Sarah's asking, I have been practicing for a while to work on my self-worth. I've been practicing by saying to my subconsciousness that I feel worthy. But whenever I tell myself that, I feel I'm not actually feeling that way. Is there a better way to practice feeling good about yourself and improving the self-worth and esteem? Well, the most, the best way is just immediately go out and do something selfless for somebody. That's going to make you feel the best. But about this programming your subconscious part, what's happening is you're saying, oh, I, I feel self-worth. You know, you, you make the positive statement. But then... There's another part of you that doubts and it's, it comes in and tries to say, well, I don't really feel that way. So what's happening? You're setting up in your subconsciousness a fight. And these both of these elementals, basically, are duking it out to see for, for control. And what really happens in a lot of cases, if this gets really amped up and there's very strong and both polarities, it's like a fight, a war is going on inside your subconsciousness. And it's like, let's um, say you're a store owner, right? And two guys come into your store and they start fighting and hitting each other and knocking your stuff and breaking everything. Who pays for that fight? The store owner. You do. So in terms of the subconsciousness, we're being damaged by that fight. So we got to bring down that polarity. Just stop it. Don't, don't go back and forth and, oh, I'm going to try to say I feel better because then your egotism is going to come back. No, you don't. It's going to go back and forth like that. And, it's, and the war can be very fierce over probably more important, or not more important, but more uh, crucial issues in terms of, see, we have an adversary. 
our egotism is our adversary. And we're thinking, oh, oh I read this, we'll, we'll program the subconscious positively. It's constantly working against whatever we're thinking to do good. That's why we have to discover it. Now, most people have no idea they even have any egotism because in a common trick of egotism is to convince the person they don't have any, or it's such a small trifle, it's not worth it. But I, I see it big in other people, but I don't see any in me. So we have to watch for that. Daskos was always talking about that. We have to watch for that. So this is what brings the, the fight down. Is oh, there you are, making me feel bad about myself again. If you can catch it and then pull your attention away from it, you weaken it. And pretty soon the, the war stops if eventually if you catch the egotism and kill it. We have to kill the egotism. We're not going to tame the egotism. We're going to kill it. And the first you, you sort of tame it and you take it down a little bit, a little bit. But ultimately it's got to be taken out because it's just going to come right back and regroup. So try not to create thoughts for and against anything. <laughs> well, that's what the third patriarch of Zen said. To create what you like Salt. against what you dislike <laughs> is the disease of the mind. And it's, it's everybody's disease. It's, it's affecting everybody. So we, we got to get away from that polarity. And also that just basically sticks us, in, you know, right there. We don't go forward. We don't really go back. It's terrible. Mm -hmm. uh, well, let me answer the second part of the question. I'm sorry I missed that. She's also wondering if Daskalos is incarnated again or does he work in the higher realms? He's working in the higher realms now. And, uh, state called super conscious which means he can be everywhere and connect with multiple people simultaneously and help them so uh he was needed on earth but now his ability to help is even beyond that see when you're on earth and living in a material body you can't stay in the state of super consciousness he could enter it and work in that state but he couldn't dwell in it all the time as he said please mm -hmm. uh, Sala, do you have anyone who you can really respect and admire and uh, respect? You know, uh, do you have anyone? If I were you, I go opposite way. Uh, it's very difficult to uh, self-respect of our present personality, but our spirit soul, our inner self, my inner self, and your inner self, and the person who you respect, that person's inner self, is one in our selfhood. It's one, oneness. And when your spirit soul, for example, disappear or collapse it, it, it can be happen can be happen but then it, it corrupts everything in such way you are the precious power of the ocean tiny drop of the ocean but the, it your spirit soul is indispensable and entire self-foot so you are such a valuable spirit soul, indispensable. And your present day personality is the tool to express this preciousness from the ocean of life. So first try to, we, in this teaching system, we have the word self-respect. This self-respect is the capital self, not personality self-respect. The uh, inner self, our spiritual self-respect. Each one of us has this. So why don't we, don't, don't we try to find uh, some respect uh, in our inner self or the archangels or Holy Spirit working in our bodies, working in other people's bodies. Start with this respect first and observe your present day personality and how much you can express.
nature, divine nature, as the conduit, as the tool, then slowly, slowly, you will have the confidence, oh, I can do this, I can express this much. And now I'm trying to uh, improve this part. I suggest you to start with self-respect, self, inner self-respect first in you, and work on your permanent, uh, present-day personality. This is my advice. And this is the, what I do when I can't respect the, my personality or can I, uh, when I feel I'm kind of powerless. Sometimes, you know, uh, many people feel, oh, I'm powerless, I have nothing, I, I'm nothing. <laughs> but to overcome it, I recommend you to try this method. Christine. Hi, Christine. She says, Dear Daniel and Aki, Happy New Year. I would love to know your thoughts on the topic of researching the current events. I'm sure you know what I mean, that COVID stuff. How do we keep up our research without strengthening the current evil elementals all around us? I find it so hard to read my real news for the day without getting me down sometimes. Then I panic that I'm strengthening negative elementals that way, like a downward spiral of worry. Well, I would suggest stop listening to the regular news. <laughs> You'll find I did a long time ago. And you feel better afterwards because the regular news, if you notice, it's all horrible stories and then there's some nice little humanitarian story or something. But it's basically creating a fear-induced reality for the people that watch it. And so if you turn that off, I mean, you know, you have to do it your way. You have to do it your way. But this is a time of choosing the truth from the lie, the shadow from the truth, the shadow from the lie. It's a war going on out there. It really is. And the whole thing is to just keep us afraid constantly. And there's plenty of uh, research about this. What's happening is it's called mass psychosis, actually. And they keep us afraid. So we never feel safe. Or what's going on? Oh, it's nice. Okay, this is happening. First, they tell you so many things. Oh, a PCR test is the gold standard. Now they're saying it doesn't. Fauci said the other day, oh, it doesn't really detect anything. Hey, it's not good. Well, why did they sell it to us? Why did they tell us about it so much? You know, so there's this constant change in the narrative about this stuff from the official mainstream media and social media news. It's a time of choosing. So we do have to research. Is that the truth? I mean, we hear it everywhere. I mean, you can't go anywhere without hearing the, the, the official narrative. But is it the truth? And how would we know? So we have to research. And there's so many people saying nonsense against the virus and saying nonsense for the virus and vaccine stuff. So what we have to do is what resonates is truth in you. We have to run it through reason. Is it reasonable to think this? Well, I think it's going to be so hard for the common person to research and find what they consider the truth is. But I think if you just wait a little bit longer, the narrative is falling apart. It's definitely falling apart. So I'd say give it another month or two, and I think it's going to be, I think it's clearly like going to evaporate in some ways. I know they're pushing it really hard. Oh, next variant, next variant, next variant, next variant. But did you know the variants are only one third of 1% different from the original virus? And you think the immune system is going to be tricked by a one third percent difference? No. It's, it's, a, it's a fear thing, and they're trying to control people through this fear. And I won't tell you why, but you can search that yourself. But I don't think we have to worry about it. I think it's just going to fall away here this year, this early year in spring. Then the, um, you want to answer that? She had a second part. Shall I go to the second part? I'll go first. Okay, you can go next. Too. Next part, she's saying, everyone around me is so asleep. 
And I get so frustrated. You know, I love a Da Vinci quote. He said, I awoke to found it out, find out that everybody is asleep. That's one of the first things you notice as you start to wake up to what's going on is that so many people are still asleep to what's happening. Um, she said, then I recently found out one of my kids in family law, in my law family, I guess, who already has a heart problem is going to get the shot soon. And I just really panicked. But it's their choice, after all. I can say or do nothing. That's right. We have to let everyone choose for themselves. So I keep saying it's a time of choosing. And honestly, this is a war. There are people pushing an agenda that's harmful to us. And people are dying from it. People die in wars. This war is a, law, a war between shadow and light, between truth and falsehood. So unfortunately, there are going to be um, casualties and not much we can do. People have to choose what they think reality is. A lot of people say, well, uh, you know, I, I see all this stuff, but I, I just believe what the news tells me. What can you do with that? It's okay. Because everything's okay. Because no matter what you choose, it's in the divine plan. to give you a consequence to learn a lesson from that choosing. Maybe you went, oh, I chose wisely. Oh, I chose unwisely. But whatever it happens, whatever choices, there's no way to have a reaction that's not part of the divine plan. It's like the GPS, recalculating. It's always recalculating. No matter what we do, it's always recalculating and trying to get us back to the, to the right point. Mm-hmm. We should not intervene in anyone's free choice. So we should not judge or we should not... Uh, say anything but we can send a white light we can uh, make a prayer with love even if uh, your relative or uh, your family has to take uh, the the shot if if it's their decision we can say anything but we can silently send a white light with love so this is all about it. We have our own free choice, and it's all under the divine plan. Nobody can interfere that. But whatever they choose, or whatever we choose, we are always, we can always express love and peace and wisdom, which we trust, have faith. So stay, please stay on that. Um, I trust fully higher intelligences in my body. I trust Holy Spirit in my body. I trust uh, Archangels in my body. I trust uh, this teaching. I trust inner self. I trust uh, like this. Please trust uh, the power of you as life. And Stay connected with that all the time, as long as possible. Of course, you know, we are influenced by many winds, many things are happening. But try to stay, anchor yourself with this nature. And observe all what is happening in this world right now. This is the, the way... Uh, we live. <laughs> and, and just that point I was touching on before about doing your own research versus what people are telling you. And some people say, well, I just want to wait for the news to tell me what the truth is. Christ said, seek the truth and the truth would set you free. Free from what? Illusions. He did not say, listen to what other people tell you the truth is and blindly follow. Them. In order to be free, we have to do our own seeking. That's a very important point. Next question. Laura? Laura, yes. Hi, Laura. Uh, She says, the loves, I walk around all day, every day, carrying the question, 
how do I balance the apparent opposite needs to be in the world, but not of the world? To know that I'm one with life, yet to realize fully the self, individualized as far as I, as, as an I for that I am, one with all life. No, whose experience, sorry, whose experience I'm responsible for. I love when you speak about and give the overview of the resolution of duality into oneness in love and law. Can you speak more on this? It truly feels like the essential question of our time. And the only way to find peace in the midst of turmoil is to face the menacing pres uh, presences. Thanks and love. Yeah. It's tough. I mean, especially today. I mean, just clamoring at us what, what's going on. And it's everything is uncertain and everything changes. The narrative changed all the time on this COVID thing. And that's pretty much creating a lot of fear and uncertainty in people. It's a huge elementals are going out and people start to vibrate in harmony. So the thing she's referring to about Christ said, be you're in the world, but you're not of the world, which means you're not buying into it. You know, you're here, you're trying to do your thing, you're going to raise your kids, do these things, but you're not buying into it. And as this researcher of truth, you know, we have to obey the realities, the laws of the lands, but we don't inside have to agree that that's the truth. We can agree that's the law, and yeah, we better follow the law in our time period, but we must find that truth ourselves. And when we find that truth, oh my God, that's when it's, that's when you get the power. That's when you get free from this thing and you get unentangled, less entangled. So the idea is just to go through your daily life doing the very best you can. Keep it, keep it simple. You know, don't, don't think too big of the overall picture right now. Just right now, your day is to go through this. You have some worldly duties, do those duties with the best years of your ability, and then release it, detach from it. Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah, the, the thought is the key word. And is that Pascal? Do you know the Pascal? The, the 17th century thinker, the Pascal, French thinker. The, thinker, the, you uh, mean uh, Louis? Louis Pascal? No, uh, the man is the thinking read. Do you know the word? Yes. Man is a thinking weed. I don't know this guy. Okay. <laughs> In Japan, he's very famous. His name is called Pascal, French thinker. In 17th century, he called, uh, there's the word, man is the uh, thinking weed. Weed is a small plant, but the thinking weed. Likewise, uh, like he said, uh, human beings think. We have a thought. We derive the energy by thinking something. It's going to be a long story, long information, so we will talk about this another time. But the, we think, we always think, and by thinking in this dimension, we have to compare this and that, this and that. This is, that's why in the world of duality, we are living in a world of duality by comparing, by thinking, by comparing. <laughs> we think everything by comparing. If we stop comparing, we can't understand anything. Which means, uh, if we think too much, we are always in the world of duality. This and that, this and that. It's just like a seesaw, seesaw, like seesaw. So, whole point here is stop the your current of thinking. And use your time, precious time, just um, on what you really need to focus on. 
And when, once we stop thinking, we can observe. We, we will be able to gain another higher perspective. So try, stop co thinking continuously something. Then immediately we will have a, a different perspective uh, to know everything at the time. So let's practice this way to understand something beyond the way of uh, thinking, beyond the, the, the duality. Uh, once we reach self-realization, we use achievement. Achievement is that we know everything without thinking. Likewise, let's slow down. Thinking too much, this and that, this and that, you can't, you know, you can't find the solution or the way, you know, if you think too much. It, you have to be always in the world of duality and struggle. So to make some improvement, just slow down the thinking. Then we might be able to find the other way of understanding. Okay. Eric's asking, fear seems to be so prevalent in our society. In the words of Yoda, fear leads to <laughs> anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. I jest, but there may be some truth in there. No, that is the truth of that. That is exactly the truth of it. And you'll find if you really examine anything and you go really, really deep, it's based on either fear or love. You're either for something or you're afraid of something. There's all those things under, if you trace your actions and sufferings especially, you're going to find that someplace underneath there, there's a fear. Now, Eric's saying, it seems like fear is a series of series of challenge, a serious challenge as anger, and is perhaps deserving of its own labor in the trial of Hercules. Can we perhaps say that fear is one of the many Stymphalian birds? No. Your fears are the Stymphalian birds, but fear itself is not a Stymphalian bird. And it's really at the basis of um, even the first labor of Hercules, anger, because, you know, everything's coming, this fear is at the base of anger. Now, in our practice of the labor of Hercules, not only do we strangle this uh, a lion of anger, we're also supposed to introspect on all the causes of anger. And if you do it, it's based, there's a lot of fear in there. One of them is like, well, they get angry when not, they're afraid they're not going to get what they want. And then people get angry about that. Or if they get what they don't want, you know, they're afraid of getting not something they don't want. So they get angry about that. So there's fear is definitely at the base of all these kind of things. So, um, yeah. But fear is just like, what is there, you know, where did fear come from? Did God create fear? Well, of course not. God never creates something like that. We humans create that. And basically, it's created from a lack of awareness. We, our perception, we perceive the duality. We're afraid we're not going to get anything. We're afraid we're not cared for. We're afraid all kinds of fears, but it's all about focusing on us. But inside those fears, you have to, you have to introspect on yourself to see this, but inside those fears, the, the egotism is just, screwing with you really it's trying to make you afraid of things so you don't feel you because if you feel you you're going to knock away that egotism that egotism doesn't have a chance once you realize who you really are mm -hmm. next okay <coughs> Adelina is saying Dasko said there are two books we should read the bible and the book of our life can you please talk about that yeah, he said not so much the Bible, but the New Testament of the Bible. 
the Christ part, you know, that part's got lots of real stuff. And the Old Testament has truth in it too, but it's, it's portrayed very symbolically. So sometimes you have to know how the symbolic language works to understand what they're really saying about it. Not that it didn't happen, but it's, it's presented symbolically. But the New Testament is there. It's clear. It's got Christ's words. They took a lot out, uh, but there's still a massive amount of great stuff in there. And the book of our life. Yeah, the book of our life. He's saying that's the one we really should be paying attention to because <laughs> that's going to tell us, it's going to help us more than anything because we're going to realize if we study that book, oh, I made a mistake here because of this kind of egotism, or I did this thing here because it was based on a real truth. So we study it, the book of our lives and try to find out how we're doing. You know, what's that book of our life telling? Someone would read it. What's it what would they think from that? And then I would like to add one other book to that reading list. And that's the book of the lies your, your egotism has told yourself. That's very valuable because our egotism is telling us lies. If we could catch those lies and put it in a book, <coughs> wow, we would be really free from egotism because we would have revealed it. We would have seen it. So. You want me? Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay, Hugo is asking, I was wondering if you can give me any guidance or comments about what I call re-scripting the elemental in my present day personality that manages my money and financial IQ. I realize there must, this must be done because I always promise myself never again to end up in the same situation financially. My egoism defense against my efforts is distracting me. I realize I must overcome myself. Any directive would be great. Um, well, basically you just have to run it to, to when you say re-scripting, reprogramming the elemental about these things, it's you run it through reason and you find those parts that are unreasonable or unnecessary or completely illusionary. <laughs> And you get that out. That's re-scripting the elemental. So you have to use reason to do that. Find those parts. Think it through. What do you do and what, what causes you to suffer from this? And try to find the connected link. So it's you have to run it through reason. You want one? Got that one? Okay. Uh, Eric is asking, does eating meat have karmic implications? Yes, it does. Daskalus talked about this, um, of course, and he referred to something called the Holy Spiritual Wave. And the Holy Spiritual Wave is what transfers the fear the animal is having, the anxiety, the stress, the panic, really, the terror the animal is feeling as it approaches slaughter. You can hear the other animals crying and being killed, and it senses that happening. So this holy spiritual wave transfers that into the the meat of the animal. And then when we eat that, we pick that up, but we're not aware of it. It's so subtle, we're not aware of it, but there's great fear in meat. But, oh. but when but when we eat the meat, you know, uh, let please appreciate it for the meat. Um, not only just feel the guilty or fear. <coughs> this is truth, the Holy Spiritual way. The, the, this teaching is truth. But if you really eat meat, in that case, appreciate and appreciate their life and eat, please. Christine has another question. Is there any way a baby can be born to the wrong father? I mean, is there ever a mistaken birth or a baby born out of the wrong relationship? <laughs> or can we know? For sure that we are have if we're having a baby that is the right person father. Excluding here ways of falling pregnant where the father can't necessarily always be known, I guess. I've heard Daskalos say that the ray of spirit chooses its parents before incarnating on earth as a newborn baby. No, he definitely didn't say that. 
fact, people ask him that question. When I was there, I heard his answer. He said, that's, you know, it's a very popular thing, but he said, that's not the way it works. No one ever asked me who I wanted to be live with. And his point is, it's the Lords of Karma that decided based on the law of effect, based on your karmas, the karmas of the parents, the karmas, all that kind of stuff, which gets back to the first thing. Can it be born to the wrong father? No, no, of course not. You can't, there's nothing, this is, this is so, this is part of the, the total power. We talk about the total power of God. Nothing escapes its control. So nothing is escaping the divine plan. Nothing escaping the law of cause and effect. So they are born with it. But now you could choose somebody to be the father of your child. And it would turn out to be the wrong choice for you in terms of it didn't produce good results. But even in there is the hidden lesson of why did you choose that person? So it's always under the divine guidance and control. And um, does that mean the birth of a child is always under the divine plan of both its parents somehow? Yes, it's just decided, decidedly so. Yes. Um, my son, one day when he was three and a half years old, he talked about why he uh, chose me why he was born to me, he, why he chose me as his mother. So from my ex own experience, it was shocking experience to hear that from his, uh, no, he was only baby, but he revealed it. Then uh, it was a uh, uh, big surprise to hear that at that time, but uh, nothing happened. By chance, everything is under the perfect of divine plan. Yes. Okay, guys. Well, that's good for the day. <laughs> Thank, Thank you, you for coming. For Please uh, take care of yourself. Uh, stand strong and uh, have love, peace, wisdom in your heart. Many blessings. Many blessings to you. Thank you. Mm -hmm.